Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it wasn't until I became a politician that I realized how nasty, how mean, how vicious, and how fake the press can be as the cameras start going off in the back. I'm here today to represent the interests of the American people, even my general and my various other generals, you know. We're making our military protection a little bit better for us, too. So thank you very much. Does everybody understand that? I think so. Thank you, Mr. President, for this inspiring speech. Hey, Trumpcast listeners. It's Jacob Weisberg, and I'm here with Ben Smith, the editor-in-chief of BuzzFeed. We're in Davos, Switzerland, at the World Economic Forum, where both of us just listened to an address by the President of the United States, Donald Trump. And we just came upstairs to this podcast studio, which is sort of in the attic of the Congress Center, which is the main Davos building, uh, to talk about it. Ben, quick reaction. What did you think of the speech? I mean, he came with a very clear message, delivered the message, did not wind up ranting and raving about some other random thing or stepping on his own message, which was, which is unusual for him. It was actually, it was probably the best I've seen him. I mean, I think he's somebody who, he always wanted to go to Davos. He's very happy to be in Davos. The president or the founder of the World Economic Forum laid it on incredibly thick in the intro about how great Trump was, and he liked that. So he was, you know, he sort of did what he actually intended to do, which was to come to a bunch of people who, of investors, and say America's open for business. Yeah. I want to talk about the sort of Davos sycophancy towards Trump and the Trump people in a minute, but just staying on this speech, I mean, it was a word I would never have associated with Donald Trump before. He was disciplined. He gave, he had a written, carefully written speech, which he read off a teleprompter without deviation. Klaus Schwab, the, the head of the forum, did ask him a couple of very canned questions afterwards, which I think Trump knew about in advance. And Trump just didn't, I mean, he got booed briefly at one point when he used the phrase fake news, but it was almost a throwaway. But the rest of it, was just very well-mannered and something else you'd never say about Trump. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it is the speech that you hear the governor of South Carolina give when he's outside the state about how great it is to invest in South Carolina. It's a speech every politician gives a million times. 
But he did express, I mean, Davos is the home of, of the globalists, and that's why the right has been so suspicious of it over the years. Of course, there's an anti-globalist left that's been very suspicious of Davos as well. But that political antagonism is why recent U.S. presidents have steered pretty clear of Davos. They haven't wanted to be associated with this idea. Trump is the most anti-globalist president we've ever had, yet he comes, walks right into the center of it, and doesn't I mean, does, is yeah. he, does he stand for anything? It's, it's so hard to know, right? I mean, Steve Bannon, who was his most articulate ideologist, used Davos as a synonym for globalism and constantly referred to Davos. Trump, I think Davos was just always a party that he wanted to be invited to and never and was. Wasn't, and now he gets to come on yeah, his own. I'm not drive. sure it's more complicated. Yeah, But I mean, if globalism means anything, it's, it's a consensus for action on climate change and the Paris Accords. It's free trade. It's, it's a pro-immigration and not necessarily open borders. That might be a caricature of it, but certainly a lot of... But, yeah. but it's also the free movement of money. Yeah. I mean, in this context, probably more than any of those things. It's the, more than the free movement of labor. It's the free movement of money. And I think that's something Trump He's, has common ground with these guys on. And that really was his message, invest in America. I haven't heard Trump in that mode, but he's, you know, he was very much, as he's been doing in, in recent weeks, just bragging about the stock market, which he claimed uh, was up 50% since he was elected. I haven't fact-checked that, but it might be in the ballpark. And, and then he said if the other party had won, it would be down 50%, which is a preposterous claim. Counterfactuals are hard to uh, check. Uh, was there was there anything in that room that you felt like was was rubbing the wrong way, or was go, was a challenge to people there? I mean, he he was booed when he said fake news. Klaus was booed when he said nice things about Trump. It was not a pro-Trump room. Probably one in five people clapped at the end. But also, I think people who came in expecting to see a caricature, maniac, populist demagogue were positively surprised. There were, you know, scattered boos and hisses here and there. And, and, but, you know, but there were also had been rumors of a walkout. I think two people, including Joe Stieglitz's wife, walked out. I didn't, see, I didn't see them leave. I mean, there were a lot a, of people who sat down and, I, and didn't clap. I, I didn't clap, but, you know, it was... Uh, it was respectful reception, basically. He didn't give his opponents any real bait. I mean, it was a highly ceremonial occasion. They had this Swiss marching band and these Napoleonic costumes. It was kind of hilarious pomp and circumstance that, you know, when he walked in. But, you know, he did. Yeah, he, he, he didn't, made he, that choice. He, didn't say, he did not say anything racist. That's, that's for sure. And in fact, actually, what I thought was really interesting. Some of his advisors for most of the last year have been trying to get him to brag about how low black and Hispanic unemployment are because they're not record, but probably lowest they have been in more than a decade. He has, for whatever reason, ign- I mean, for whatever reason, you know, two guesses, to, um, ignored that advice until the last few weeks. And he is now regularly talking about black and Hispanic unemployment. I think on the, I think, pipe dream that there's a, a way to build a political coalition that, that is class-based, you know, that he can kind of cut into kind of a class-based politics across race. It does not seem possible, but it's interesting. So Trump's whole senior team is here. And again, I've never seen a turnout from an administration like this. Rex Tillerson just walked by me in the hall on the way up. Um, his, his trade negotiator, Robert Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary. Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary. And Jared Kushner, his son-in-law. Um, how have they been received? Basically, rapturously. People, the, 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 my impression is that everybody here thinks they're huge celebrities, and it's incredibly exciting to be in the same room as them. Yeah, I mean, they're a little bit. He's being treated a little bit the way the Queen would be treated. Yes, you know, totally. Free of any content, he's kind a of marvelled at celebrity. Yeah. yeah, and I've been in a couple of sessions and heard little bits and pieces of these cabinet secretaries, and it's beyond normalization. 
I mean, they're, they're being treated in a way that's actually sycophantic, as if this were not just normal, but, I mean, look, I think these business leaders are pretty enraptured with them. Yeah, that's certainly the impression you get. They like their tax cut. But these are people who didn't have... Well, they also kiss ass professionally. So, I mean, I'm not sure it's they're enraptured or not enraptured. Yeah. They're playing the angles. So it's not just that the tax cut has brought them around. I mean, everyone is making so much money now because of what's happened with markets. And markets have been going up for a long time, and they were going up for years before Trump, and unemployment was going down. But, you know, it, the stupidest investor at Davos is getting rich. I mean, the people who are investing in Bitcoin are, are getting rich. Yeah. Although I heard the, there's a bunch of, you know, there's a whole, like, the, a sub-theme here that uh, of, of people who don't really know what cryptocurrency is talking about it a lot. But there are also, <laughs> somebody was telling me a lot of crypto, like millionaire crypto kids here who have spent most of the time skiing. Well, that's not necessarily a bad choice. They spend spend it while it lasts. Yeah, yeah. This is, I think, this is your first time here. Yes. What What do you think about it? I mean, I the, I think the first time you come, it's so weird, right? Oh, it's really a very strange thing. I mean, I don't know. If you're a reporter in New York, you sometimes find yourself invited to some event where you walk into the room at Steve Ratner's house or something, and you're surrounded by all these sort of politicians and celebrities, and you're like, whoa, this is really interesting. It's not my world, but it's a good reporting opportunity. It's interesting. It lasts two hours, and this is that for 50 hours. It's quite strange. Yeah. So there's huge news back home today, which which is Trump apparently ordering or asking for the, f- the f- firing of Robert Mueller back in June. Yep. And the New York Times has a lot of the story. Has Trump had to deal with this here? He was, he, as he, somebody yelled a question about it at him as he kind of paraded through the hall and, and he said it was, he said he dismissed it as fake news. Yeah. So and you have all the world's press here and they can't make him answer the question that's the biggest, biggest issue in American news and politics right, right. now. Right, correct. Yeah. And well, when he's on stage, he's not asked it. Yeah. What do you, how do you think that changes the equation? Now we know. I mean, nothing changes, right? Like, I mean, the idea that things were, the idea that this presidency was going to substantively change just seems like it's so bizarre that anyone keeps, that, that anyone floats that. Like, today was a good day. He had a good day. He's also in the middle of this very intense rolling crisis. Yeah. You, uh, I noticed there was some news. I mean, BuzzFeed, of course, as everyone knows, has published the Steele dossier. Uh, and is there, there, there's been some litigation threatened and brought about that. But most recently, Michael Cohen, the Trump lawyer, uh, who is at the center of the Stormy Daniels controversy, as well as... Your, your the, friend and mine. My, yes, our friend, has threatened to sue you, actually sued you? He filed suit. Yeah. What on earth is, is Michael Cohen suing you about, and why, how could that possibly be, be anything other than a terrible idea for him? I think those are questions you would have to ask Michael Cohen. I mean, we definitely feel very confident. We felt confident when we published that there was enormous public interest in this doc. You know, this document was of enormous public interest. It seems substantially more obvious to everyone now. I mean, when we published it a year ago, there was a chorus of of criticism, particularly from the White House, but also from journalists. And a year later, nobody, I think, is saying, gosh, I wish that thing had been kept secret. I wish we knew less about the Russia investigation. Yeah. But Michael Cohen, as we found out in the last week, if we didn't already know, is the lawyer who plays this role of, of fixing things for Donald Trump. And he was the one who set up this corporation to make this payment to Stormy Daniels. That's very much in keeping with the impression you might get from the dossier. There might have been something factually inaccurate in the dossier about him, about the trip to Prague, but the dossier, in fact, 
doesn't claim to be 100% accurate. It's raw intelligence. Yeah, and we certainly published it. Yeah, and we published it with certainly with that context. I mean, the day was so the day before or the day after. Um, Mr. Cohen sued us. The president said that he thought American libel laws were a sham. And I mean, we do not think the First Amendment is a sham. There's clearly some dispute. Yeah. Christopher Steele does seem to be increasingly vindicated. I mean, I never thought the thing was fallacious or a hoax or anything like that. But I would say the evidence is mounting that the percentage of the dossier that's accurate has continued to climb since you first published it. Yeah, there have been just specific claims, particularly some of the stuff around Paul Manafort that was born out. And, you know, and I think when you look back to when he was writing that in the summer of 2016, John Seifer wrote this recently. I mean, the broad, the broad thrust of the claim, which is that Russia was engaged in this kind of broad spectrum campaign to undermine the U.S. election and support Donald Trump has obviously been vindicated. Um, I don't know if you saw this incredible Dutch report yesterday. No. That, um, that the reason the U.S. knows this is that Dutch intelligence had hacked into these computers of the programmers doing the hacking on the Russian side and then had also managed to open up the security camera in the room where the hacking was going on and watch them for several years. Really? Yes. So we had a spy cam on the, on the spies, yep. if, this is, if this is true. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. If, if that's not cyber war, I don't know what is. Yeah, it's from inter- yeah a lot, lot of interesting directions yeah. to go there. So final word. Trump takes Davos. I mean, this was as, pr- as close to a to a all-out success for him to come here, as unlikely an idea as it might have seemed, as it could have been, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I do think it points to the sort of end of the Bannon era, and the sense that I just think the sense that there was this kind of ideological clarity that Bannon tried to impose and that we imposed on Trump, that never really suited someone who'd been a vacuous celebrity for his whole career. Yeah. I mean, it may be that simply his view on immigration, which in some ways is a more consistent view for him. Well, it's because he's been consistently racist through his career. Right. And if you extend it, but if you extrapolate that for, uh, to a... But I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people here at Davos are also racist, so you know. Uh, well, no, no, <laughs> no doubt. But, but I, what I'm saying is that racism or being against immigration is a proxy for anti-globalism. And as you point out, there's a lot more to globalism. Yeah, I'm not, sure, I'm not even sure it is, right? I'm not sure. I mean, I think that when the, when the Americans accurately say that a lot of these European leaders aren't, you know, would never allow the levels of immigration that the U.S. has allowed, like, they've got a point, right? I, I mean, I, I think the U.S. has been outside the global norm in being so open to immigration. And, I mean, I mean you certainly see that in Europe. So you really, you, you're fine with Donald Trump globalist. Do you think that's a completely plausible interpretation? I just don't, no, I just don't think that, I just think that he's not, it's just hard, I just don't think it's worth trying to impose ideological frameworks on the guy. He's reactive. He's like a person walking down the street staring at a mirror. Yeah. And, and here he can brag about the stock market with people who absolutely share his view. I mean, he likes money, that is for sure. <laughs> I've been speaking to Ben Smith of BuzzFeed. Ben, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Jacob. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mm-hmm. 
that's it for today's show. Be sure to check back with us next week. We're going to be talking a lot about the Mueller investigation. We're going into detail. I want to thank Martin Lonesor of Eurovision, who is our engineer here in Davos. And I want to thank the World Economic Forum for providing a great studio for us. Jason DeLeon produced today's show. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.